son therefore shall make you free. Ye shall be free indeed. Okay, we'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for September 12th, 2010. And we're just trying out a little bit of uh, introduction music there. And uh, kind of have that militant feel, you know, kind of that Joel's Army feel. Just kidding. A little teasing there. Anyway, yeah, I was just going to go ahead and give you a rundown for today's teaching. And uh, just to kind of give you a table of contents here. We're going to be looking a lot, again, at the whole religion of peace thing, of Islam, and a lot of their uh, disproportionate reactions regarding anything uh, against what they perceive to be a slant against their particular cult religion. Uh, also going to be looking at the 9-11 mosque imam. Um, he's basically threatening uh, now regarding this whole mosque thing. Looking at that. We're going to also be looking at a little article entitled, Does Islam Condone Child Rape and Murder? We're going to be looking at that based on their own writings and on their own teachings. It's not my opinion. Also, as we always try to do, interspersing a lot of scripture uh, regarding these issues. It's just not something we want to report on and not have a biblical answer or remedy for. Uh, we're going to be looking at the Ayatollah Khomeini uh, little article there, which is particularly disturbing. Uh, an inquiry I had received regarding, it's called The Arrivals, The Wake Up Project. It's pretty big on the internet, and uh, I'm going to make a comment about that. And then also a recent 9-11 press conference at Ed Pastor's office. I believe he's a uh, congressman, and we're going to be looking at that a little bit. Also an article entitled, Feds Give DOD Child porn buyers a pass. Report says only a handful have ever been investigated. So a lot of the hypocrisy surrounding that issue. We're also going to be looking at a little bit with the holy book burning. I understand that that's been put off. Uh, the way that, that, that uh, I looked at that, it, it, I was really wondering if he ever really intended on going through with that. I think what he was trying to do is draw attention to the situation of Islam and, and the hypocrisy there. But we're going to be looking at a couple sides of that different issue. I don't want to spend a ton of time on that, but there's been a lot of reports this week about it. Also, the next thing, Glenn Beck and the Mormon teachings on Native Americans. A very interesting video a uh, viewer sent me. And um, then we're actually going to be looking at... Uh, short clip of an actual interview from Glenn Beck on his Mormon faith. And then the next article, a couple things that Cutting Edge had sent me from um, Pastor Hoggart. He's got a couple new DVDs out. And it's called Glenn Beck Kingdom Theology, Temple of Antichrist. And it's regarding this recent destiny rally in Washington, D.C. Uh, at least in part it is. And then also, the next thing that they had sent me was the truth behind Joel's army. Sarah Palin and Fallen Angels of Revelation 9, another DVD from Pastor Hoggard. And uh, next article, new Obama, Barry Satoro executive order. Uh, we're going to be looking at that. Just more hypocrisy there. And uh, some updates regarding that issue. Next article, U.S. courts legalize CIA abduction, overseas detention, and torture of innocent American citizens. And, again, we always want to compare everything with Scripture and not dwell on, you know, fear of man. But we also want to not be ignorant of Satan's devices. So we're going to be looking at that. And another huge building block in the building of the fascist, 
fascist economy may be about ready to implement. President Obama actually has proposed a national bank now. That was from Cutting Edge. Next article, uh, some concerns about Tom Horn and Raiders News Network. And I know I use them as, as a source, but I have to go into that a little bit. And then another article, uh, I've got received a lot of inquiries about Jesse Woodrow uh, up on the internet and um, my, my concerns about that particular individual. And then a man, uh, next article, man arrested for defending his property, uh, biblical resistance to tyranny, next article. And then a whole bunch of, um, we're going to watch a video or listen to a video clip regarding the Gulf situation, and we'll be going over quite a few different little um, stories on that. We're not going to key on that a whole lot, but I'm just going to give you a whole lot of headlines like I've been in recent times, just to reiterate that that situation is not getting better, but actually worse. Next article is censored Gulf news, mutating viruses, mandatory vaccines may loom. And then I also give you my presentation on the avian flu, uh, what to expect and how to prepare, which is very appropriate for this whole situation in the Gulf at this point and or the coming flu season. Uh, Next article, Australia bans flu vaccine for children after convulsions and seizures. And then we'll discuss vaccine deaths and injuries skyrocket as cover-up implodes. And then the next article is, do influenza vaccines really work? We'll be looking at that. And the government to overhaul bioterror and pandemic flu plans is the next article. And then we're looking at, at antibiotics are now on the verge of becoming virtually useless. And uh, some remedies on that. And then we'll be looking at an Alex Jones clip entitled Lindsay Lohan Poisoned along with 300 other million Americans. And it's a very good synopsis of what's going on. And then a very interesting um, segue into a 1958 book called Your Health, Your Sanity, The Age of Treason. And this is entitled Exposing the Chemical Attack on Humanity. And this guy had incredible insight back in the 50s, what was going on then, which has only been amplified to what it is today. And then, an encouraging report, Canada has actually banned BPA, which is what we talked about a couple weeks ago, which is the uh, bisphenol A, which is what they're lining a lot of the cans with, and they're putting it on cash register receipts, and they're just dousing it on everything. We haven't done it in America, but Canada has. We're going to be looking at that. And then the pharma industry exposed as a monopolistic con game. Uh, next article is cholesterol myths debunked. See the medical research in the pharmaceutical that the pharmaceutical industry does not want you to know. And that's I actually did an interview for uh, Free Market News Network quite a while ago. They've took the interview down uh, because it's pretty old at this point. But um, yeah, that's a subject I've got into a lot in times past in health newsletters. And the next article we're going to be looking at also chlorinated water because I did talk a lot about fluoridated water before. But the chlorinated is a whole separate issue. It's pretty much a package deal anymore. If the water's fluoridated, well, you know it's going to be chlorinated. And in fact, that's even more prevalent. So we're, we're going to look at that. We're also going to be looking at some remedies for chlorinated water. Um, a Berkey water filtration system being one. And then the uh, next article, gender bender chemical atrazine widely contaminates U.S. public water supply. All the more reason that you want to make sure you're drinking purified water. And then 10 reasons to become self-sufficient and ways to get there. So, I, I mean, I don't, I don't 
make any money off any of this stuff that I'm recommending. I'm, I'm recommending a lot of different other ministries or things like that that uh, hopefully can get you moving in the right direction. Things that you should, you know, pray about if you feel convicted. You know, I'm just trying to give you the resources that you need to um, prepare for the coming times ahead. The Bible says, The prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. And I would I would ask you to continue to pray for us, for our finances, for our, our ministry. We've just had a real big drop-off in recent times. And I realize the economy's taken a, a real big hit. And as things get worse and worse and worse, everything's going to start to tighten up. And um, we, we thank everyone that has donated and for your prayers. And um, I just praise the Lord Jesus Christ for you. Anyone that's sown into this ministry in any way, shape, or form, um, we just praise the Lord Jesus Christ, and we thank you very much for all that you've done. And um, we'll go ahead and get into the study now. Okay, so a Bible verse uh, before we get started into the main part of the teaching. Uh, you've heard me repeat this one a lot, but it's a good one to uh, repeat regarding the day and times that we're living in and regarding defending your right to actually expose the evil that we're looking at on a day-to-day basis. Ephesians 5, 11 through 16 says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. And that's what we're, we pretty much do on a week-by-week basis. We're reproving the unfruitful works of darkness. The word reprove in the 1828 Noel Webster Dictionary, which is the dictionary that actually defines the words of the King James Bible the most accurately, Whereas in modern day dictionary uh, may not define them accurately whatsoever. And uh, they've actually, in that dictionary, they've actually uh, have uh, Bible verses that go along with a lot of the words that they define. Pretty neat. You will never see that in today's modern day dictionaries. But uh, you can go up online and uh, just key in 1828 Noah Webster Dictionary online and you'll find i think there's two different ones up there you can actually research words online for free or you can actually buy the hardbound copy which you know it's pretty pricey but if you want a hardback and i think they've even got them uh for your computer as well so anyway uh going further the word reprove means to blame to convince a fault or to make it manifest to excite a sense of guilt so we're, we're actually supposed to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness, which is the one thing that's probably really not getting done in the modern-day, average church that we live in today. goes on to say, For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. In other words, we don't need to get into all the gory details of the actual sin that is done in secret. But at the same time, we're commanded in the previous and following verses to reprove and to manifest their wicked actions. Okay, So that's the difference here. Uh, manifest in the 1828 Noah Webster Dictionary means, to, uh, means plain or open, clearly visible to the eye or obvious to the understanding. So that's what manifest means in the 1828, the way the King James renders it. Clearly visible to the eye, Obvious to the understanding. Well, there's a lot of things that are going on in the churches nowadays and, and in the modern day world that we're living in that, although they may be clearly visible to our eyes as maybe discerning Christians, most of the Christians out there that go to your standard 501c3 corporate church are blind to these things. But we're not supposed to be blind. We're, we're, we're supposed to not be ignorant of Satan's devices 
lest he get an advantage of us, according to 2 Corinthians 2.11. So, and then the remainder of the definition means to make apparent, to uh, not obscure or difficult to be seen or clearly or understood. So these are things that we should be able to see, and it's important for us to see. The Bible says in Hosea 4.6 that my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Then it goes on to say, because thou hast rejected knowledge... I will also reject thee, and thou shalt be a priest to me no more, and I will also reject thy children. So that when we, there's a warning there, if we willingly and openly reject knowledge that is truth, then there's a stern warning in Hosea 4, 6 that says, you know, there's a good chance then we're going to get rejected. I'm not saying God wouldn't give you, um, he's not merciful and long-suffering, then he's going to give you like one strike and you're out. Uh, because a lot of the stuff that we get into on a week-by-week -week basis or, or other ministries, um, it's, it's hard to handle. It's very hard to handle. Uh, but if you check it out, if you um, search this matter out to see if it was true, like the Bereans did, and the Bible says the Bereans were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they thought that they sought the things out in Scripture to see if they were so, meaning they studied their Bible you know, they compare to things. It also talks about in the Bible that the children of Ishakar were men of understanding of the times. So these are things that we should be doing. We search these things out, but there's also warnings if we if we reject knowledge. And the Bible, even you go to then Second Thessalonians chapter two, where it says, "For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who receive not the love of the truth." So it's very important that we're embracing truth in, in our lives. And I don't think it's biblical for a born-again, Bible-believing Christian to be walking around in darkness, in deception, and have no clue what's going on. I just don't see any Bible for that whatsoever. Yet, that is more the norm in today's day and age than, than anything else, I hate to say it. It seems to be the norm. It's the strong delusion that God said he was going to send. And... Um, the Bible talks about in um, uh, 1 Timothy 4.1, um, For in the end times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Well, that's the day we're living in. Doctrines of devils, seducing spirits, Speaking lies and hypocrisy, meaning they're hypocrites. They're they're talking. They're, they're speaking lies, and and they may be attacking someone else. But the reality is, is they're a hypocrite, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. It's like they don't think they're doing anything wrong whatsoever. I'm not doing anything wrong. That's not a good position you want to be in if you've had your conscience seared with a hot iron, uh, because I don't see a whole lot of Bible for that verse ever getting reversed once that once that process happens. Not saying God couldn't do it. Just saying it's not an enviable position you want to put yourself in, um, having your conscience seared with a hot iron. So, and again, these are just things that that uh, will come up over and over and over again when you get into these types of issues that we get into on a weekly basis. Um, reconciling end time current events with the Bible. Uh, and there's a lot of people that are at a loss for biblical verses to explain, okay, what's my justification for doing this? Well, I just gave you quite a few verses right there. We, we try to give you a lot of these verses on a week-by-week -week, uh, basis as well so that you can you know um, defend this position and uh, show them that it is a biblical thing to do. So let's go further 
it says all things that are reproved, back to uh, Ephesians 5, 11 through 16, it says, but all things that are reproved, and remember that was to be to convince a fault or make manifest, are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Well, if you think about it, light always overcomes and exposes darkness. I mean, there's not enough darkness, you know, to extinguish a light. A light will always overcome darkness when you shed light on things. And Satan likes to go around in darkness. And um, his little minions that he sends out, they're like cockroaches. When you turn the lights on, the cockroaches scatter. And that's why... Uh, they do not like it when their agenda is exposed, and they'll try to demonize people in this or that when, when, um, when they're exposed. But that's, that's the day and times we're living in. Um, Jesus Christ also said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So, continuing in his word is a big part of us actually finding real truth. Um, and not getting tied up in this whole strong delusion. That's why it's very important what Bible you're reading, because if you're reading a false modern-day version, you're reading a leavened, um, a leavened scripture. And the Bible says a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Jesus Christ said, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which is their doctrine. Well, the problem you have right now is that um, the modern-day Bible versions, NIV, for instance, has 64,000 less words than a King James, which is almost 10% of the total text. The modern-day Bible versions are actually derived from the 1881 Revised Version that two occultists produced named Westcott and Hort that actually derived that Bible from the Viticanus and the the Vaticanus and the Sinaiticus, corrupt Catholic manuscripts, uh, and they were so corrupt that they hadn't even been used virtually up to that point, and they contradicted each other in so many places that wherever they contradicted, Westcott and Hort just said, well, well you, wherever they contradict, we'll just use the, the Vaticanus. That was their scholarly approach to translating the 1881 Revised Version, which essentially has spawned all of the modern-day versions of the Bible that we have, other than the King James, which came up through a totally separate line through what they call the Byzantine text and the Textus Receptus, the, also referred to as the Majority Text. So, again, if you, to, in order to continue in his word, you want to make sure the underline or the word that you're reading is, is, is the pure word of God. The Bible says the words of the Lord are pure words as, um, as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Uh, that's Psalm 12, verse 6 and 7. The Bible also says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So you want the words in heaven that are settled to match the words in your Bible. And how could it be that we have two or three hundred versions of this uh, Bibles, these modern day Bibles that have spawned from the 1881 revised version of Westcott and Hort? How could they all be God's word? I mean, they've got thousands of words missing. They've, there's all kind of changes. The reason there's so many changes, one of the main reasons, is because in order to make a new version so they can make more money, they have to copyright a different version. So what they do is they have to change a certain amount of words in order to get that copyright so they can get it in that Christian bookstore and make more money off it. The love of money is the root of all evil. 
So you got that dynamic going on as, as well. So there's just, you could keep going on and on and on about this. Uh, but these are just some of the high points that I wanted to hit here. And then it goes for, further and it says, um, back to Ephesians, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See, this is something you can pray for. Lord Jesus Christ, give me light. I need light. I need discernment. I need wisdom. Now, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So, if you really want wisdom, I believe the main thing you should be praying for, initially at least, is fear of the Lord. Because the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of understanding. It's the beginning of knowledge. The Bible also says the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him. So, fear of the Lord is something that not a lot of people think about or pray about or even want to dwell on. But, the bottom line is, um, it's prerequisite for wisdom and, and knowledge and understanding and protection. And It was one of the first things the Lord ever showed me. So, arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. See that you walk circumspectly. Now, that word circumspectly in the Noah Webster 1828 means cautiously. With, with watchfulness in every way, with attention to guard against surprise or danger. So see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Well, they're about as evil today as, it, as it's ever been, you know. Jesus Christ said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. He also says, as it was in the days of Lot. Well, that's what you got pretty much nowadays. The days of Noah, the days of Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, and so, it's just all the more reason um, to pay attention to these types of things and, and to pray for wisdom and discernment and protection. So let's go into our first article here. This is the... Uh, Religion of, it's called Religion of Peace, Decapitation Central. This is by Brian Fisher, a focal point. Imam Fayez Muhammad operates freely in Australia as a leading Islamic cleric and preaches the religion of peace on a weekly basis to his followers. Now this isn't the same 9-11 imam guy. This is a different guy. This is a different um, imam, meaning like a high priest of Islam, essentially. So he's in, he's in uh, Australia. The latest target of the, quote, religion of peace is Dutch parliamentarian Gert Wilders, whose offense in the imam's eyes is telling the truth about Islam. Remember now that in our, in our Alice of Wonderland world where everything has been turned upside down, truth is now hate speech. And so it has become for Mr. Wilders, who has the gall to produce a 15-minute documentary called Fitna, which consists entirely of verses from the Quran, calling for violence against the infidels, interspersed with video footage of, well, Muslims committing violence against infidels. Okay, so this guy put together a 15-minute um, documentary where all he's doing is quoting Quran verse after Quran verse, which we've done in the past, Quran verse after Quran verse that calls for violence, and then he's showing actual incidences of violence against infidels, who in the um, Muslim term means unbelievers. For his troubles, Wilders is on trial in the Netherlands and may wind up in prison, even though his stance on Islamic immigration is so popular now, he'd likely win an election for prime minister if one were held today. He's on trial for insulting Muslims. 
discrimination against Muslims, and incitement to hatred. In other words, Shahara law is now in effect for the land of the Dutch. In other words, Wilders is on trial for blasphemy in a supposedly Christian country. Not blasphemy against God of the Bible or the Savior of the world, mind you, but against the pedophiliac prophet of Islam. Because he's a pedophile. Muhammad, who started Islam, was a pedophile. He was engaged to a six-year-old named Aisha and married her when she was nine and slept with her and had sex with her when she was nine. Now, who knows if, if he even honored that. That's what is in the scripture. You know, He might have been sleeping with her when she was six. I don't know. But he was a pedophile. 50 year old, he was 50 years old when he, when, he, when he took her to bed when she was nine years old. He's a pedophile. The Bible says, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Psalm 11, verse 3. Well, I would pretty much say it's a safe bet at this point to say Islam's foundation was defiled, perverse, reprobate, disgusting, right from its very, very, very inception. I mean, he was in basically like this cult type of of pre-Islamic type cult, and he went into their their big um, that big black holy building that they've got that big square that they march around, and there was like I don't know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of idols, and he knocked down all the idols but Allah, the moon god. Okay, this is how Islam essentially got started. Now, there's also some other information out there that say the Catholics had a lot to do with Islam getting started, and I think they make a pretty good case as well. But this is the actual traditional story of how he went into that black building, he knocked down every all the hundreds of idols other than Allah, the moon god, and said, this is the god I'm going to worship. This is the idol I'm going to worship, and this is what Islam will be revolved around. So that's how Islam became monotheistic, meaning it's one god they worship. Give me a break. I mean, that has nothing to do with the God of the Bible. The King of kings and Lord of lords, the creator of the universe, has nothing to do with that. But yet they say we pray to the same God. We don't even pray to remotely the same God. My God, Islam's God, is totally subject to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father God, they have, they have no, nothing could, could Allah the moon God do if it wasn't for you know, Jesus Christ, they have no power at all if you compare them to our God. None. It's really pathetic. But this is how Islam became monotheistic. Okay, so this is what they, they put. Um, they put the Jews and the um, Muslims and the Christians all on the same footing because supposedly they all have one God and they're monotheistic. So they want to lump us all together. And with the Catholics too, which is particularly disgusting. But anyway, um, let's go further here. Okay, so he is... Incidentally, Mr. Wilders is under 24-hour security protection from the Dutch authorities to protect his very life. Well, from the Muslims who want to obey their God by committing violence against this infidel. So in other words, all the guy did is point out the obvious. He just quoted from their Quran, their holy book. And he showed all these incidences of violence, which they've openly committed in the open for all the world to see. And because he's done that, now he's on trial for um, basically hate crimes, discrimination against Muslims, incitement to hatred. 
and then he's insulted the Muslims, but it's okay for them to go around beheading people, killing people, blowing people up, having multiple marriages, totally um, denigrating women, uh, mutilating the genitals of little girls, uh, committing pedophilia with little girls, having all these arranged marriages, multiple wives, all of the atrocities they've committed. That's okay. We can't say a word about that, though. If that's not hypocrisy, I don't know what is. I mean, they're doing it out in the open. But this this poor guy is um, is fearing for his life now. Meanwhile, Christopher Hutchins and Richard Dawkins can insult, ridicule, and belittle the Bible and Christians as much as they like and travel and speak anywhere they like in the Christian world since the Christians respond to criticism with reason and debate while Muslims respond with bullets and bombs. Pretty good analogy. Apparently... Uh, the Dutch authorities want to keep Wilders alive long enough to experience the perverse satisfaction of putting him in leg irons themselves. Uh, they don't want some devout Muslim spoiling their fun by going jihad on him in the meantime, meaning killing him. Jihad means holy war. And they're commanded in their Quran to kill people like this. They'd be commanded to kill me, from what I'm just saying today. You know? But you know what? My God's bigger than their God. I'm not going to walk around in abject fear over the Muslims retaliating against me. In fact, that's the very reason why they've why their population centers have exploded wherever they've moved to. Because for the most part, people just keep their mouths shut. Look what's happening in Europe. You keep your mouth shut, and first they come in, oh, their religion of peace, when they're like in the 1 to 2 percentile range. Then all of a sudden, when they start getting a little bit of footing and footing, look what's happening in New York right now. They've got 200 mosques in New York. Well, they're getting a foothold. You see those pictures I sent out before where they're in the streets blocking traffic? They're doing the same thing over in um, Paris, France. And in France, they're blocking streets. They're doing this. They're, they're imposing their will on us. When they get to a certain percentage of the population, then they go into their next phase. And then they go into their next phase. And then they go into their next phase until they have Sharia law fully implemented. And then you have no rights. It's like, you know, you give the devil an inch, he takes a mile. I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for him. I'm not praying, saying we shouldn't try to witness to him, pray for their souls. But their religion is a religion of violence, hatred, and perversity. And I'm going to expose it because it needs to be exposed. And there's a lot of other people right now that are actually doing this as well. But if people don't think it's a threat, then they will just let it infiltrate. And um, let's go further here. Uh, let's see. So Wilders is in danger from Muslims who want to kill him and from his own government, which wants to throw him in prison. Let's hear from the Australian imam who knows just what Muslims ought to do with Mr. Wilder. Wilders. The instructions from the kind-hearted Australian imam, and he's moderate too, he's a moderate imam. So he's, he's kind of middle of the road, this guy. He says, Imam Muhammad says, are just not to kill the guy, but to also cut off his head. That's what they say to do. Well, did, did you ever see those pictures of that peace rally in Europe where, where all the Muslims are marching down the street with signs and they clearly say, behead those who, who mock Allah, slay the infidels, kill them, that, that, you know, all these unbelievably, they're blatant. And yet, when you just put that and try to expose it, they come after you like you've committed some gigantic crime. Yet they were the ones that were carrying the signs. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? 
Here's a transcript of an excerpt from a just-released sermon from this representative of the religion of peace, this imam. Um, after, and I, there's a link you can click on here in the PDF, and I will have this PDF up with this teaching, as I do all the teachings on contendingfortruth.com. Um, and you can go up there and access the audio and the PDF. Anyway, here is a transcript. Uh, I'm just going to read you a couple things. After referring to Mr. Wilders as this Satan and this devil, the imam then elaborates, and he says, quote, In Islam, anyone who that mocks Islam, anyone that laughs about Islam, degrades Islam, the punishment, whether he is a Muslim or a non-Muslim, of the mocking of Islam is death. If there was an Islamic leader and someone who mocks Islam and makes fun about Islam, the leader of Islam will say, okay, bring him forward. It's been justified that he did this. It's been confirmed. Behead him. Chop off his head. End of quote. Now, the thing is, is that they're coming more and more and more out in the open now. As their population centers continue to grow, because what they try to do is, is have as many children as possible to create a bigger Islamic army. And it even mentioned that in the Paris videos, saying that their, um, their reproductive rates are much, much higher than the standard couple in France, okay? Uh, because they're commanded to do that, okay? Uh, because the, if you think about it, who in their right mind would want to convert to this religion? I mean, I'm sorry, but I just... Of all religions on the planet you could ever convert to, if you just did a little bit of studying about it, why in the world would you ever want to become a Muslim? I can't even remotely understand why anybody would want to do that. But anyway, um, uh, this guy's been just saying, behead him, chop off his head, that's it. So they're coming more out in the open, which I kind of like, because their true colors are starting to show more and more and more. And all this garbage about this religion of peace, that veil is definitely coming off. But as their population centers grow, they feel like, well, we don't have to pretend anymore. Because, see, lying's part of their religion. The Quran says it's okay to lie to the infidel as long as, you, as long as you're advancing the religion of Allah. Says that in multiple spots in their in their holy books, and we've we've given you all these quotes before. I mean, I've done several studies on this, and then he goes on at the end of the quote, and so you will see people like that, that dirty, filthy politician, whether in Holland or anywhere else in the world, continually trying to mock Islam, laugh at Islam, degrade Islam, and degrade the greatest man that walked on this earth. End of quote. Muhammad, the pedophile, sleeping with nine year olds, getting married to six year olds. There's also a quote from Aisha, his six-year-old bride, how he punched her in the chest once. And, it, and she was saying how bad it hurt. He punched her in the chest. <laughs> yeah, we're, this, this is the most, I mean, vile as far as... You know, at least a Satanist, if he's a Satanist, he's going to be out in the open. He's all about wickedness and he's not going to make apologies for it. Islam, on the other hand, they'll say, oh, we're religion of peace and we're good and we're religion of love and turn around and behead people and, and rape little girls and rape women and do all manner of evil and say, well, we're good. At least a Satanist is honest about things. Here's a fundamental difference between Islam and Christianity. When people ridicule Christianity, Christians debate and pray for them. When people ridicule Islam, Muslims take their heads off. Anybody see the difference here? Anybody see the gross incompatibility between Islam and Christian civilization? 
Anybody see the profound threat Islam represents to our values and our way of life? Anyone else think that letting them build mosques willy-nilly all over the fruited plains is not such a terrific idea? Obviously, that's written in kind of a sarcastic tone, but he makes a good point. You know? I mean, we talk about evil here. Okay, so let's go down this road a little further. Next article, 9-11 Mosque Imam issues a not-so-veiled threat. I wonder if you guys have heard this one. Uh, and then they have a petition here you can sign. This is a, from Bridget, Brigitte Gabriel, uh, the lady that um, appears a lot of times on Sean Hannity and debates them. You know? Uh, she's, I'll tell you, she's, she's something else. I mean, she really uh, knows her stuff. In a series of interviews the past two days, Ground Zero Mosque Imam Faisal Raouf, now this is the guy, Ground Zero Mosque guy, Imam, the one we, our government, sent out on tour recently with our taxpayer money to promote the religion of peace worldwide, Islam. Uh, he significantly raised the stakes. The self-described bridge builder has proven to be anything but a bridge builder, warning America that dire consequences will await us if the mosque is not built. <laughs> oh man, this guy's unbelievable. In, in doing so, he described those who oppose the mosque at Ground Zero as radicals. A description one Fox News analyst termed insulting. In effect, he is asserting that 71% of Americans must yield or we will inflame the Muslim world. You know what? It's time to stop being politically correct regarding Islam because you cannot, when you're dealing with a cult like this, and it's nothing more than a death cult, a pedophiliac inspired, started death cult. That's all it is. You cannot, I mean, are, are we supposed to just sit back and do nothing as they commit all these atrocities? I mean, it's, 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 I mean, all the things they do to, to women and little children alone, shouldn't we fight on their behalf at least? You know, we could say, well, we don't want to offend them. It's not Christian or whatever. Well, you know what? It's not, it, it, what they're doing against the, the little children and against, um, and against their women, that by itself would be all the reason I would know or, or need to, to uh, stand up against this evil. Uh, Brigitte Gabriel participated in a heated debate with a friend on this, with, of this imam. So there was a friend of this 9-11 imam guy on Sean Hannity. And the imam's friend went so far as to say that, quote, the smoke caused by this controversy will cause, quote, fire against America. So they're coming right out in the open right now and openly, blatantly threatening America uh, if we don't let them build this mosque at 9-11, at the 9-11 site. So you can actually click on, there's a link here you can click on to hear the whole interview. Uh, Imam Rauf's true colors continue to become more and more visible to the American people. Uh, now to argue that America must capitulate or face consequences? Rauf actually makes the case for what they call ACT, or America's core mission, rising up against the threat of radical Islam in whatever form that threat takes. And that's her organization, Brigitte, Brigitte Gabriel. Then she says, we will stand for freedom and national security. We will not be intimidated. Amen. Because all you have to do is look at Europe to see what happens to a country that lets Islam, and they want to be politically correct, take over. So um, Mike just told me that they had a reenactment on NBC today 
of what actually happened at 9-11 um, in, in some of these Middle Eastern countries, and they were showing the reactions of, of literally, it was like a reenactment of um, uh, what went on 9-11 and how they, these uh, Muslims were all celebrating in the streets and they were holding up their V for uh, victory and how they were so happy that the Twin Trade Towers fell and 3,000 people died. It, it was at least 3,000. I think it, the, those estimates might have been way underestimated. They typically would do that in major disasters like that to downplay things. But, um, and again, I said, if you really want the true story 9-11, watch that show uh, up on the internet, uh, YouTube, called Loose Change. Uh, you want to get the final cut version. Uh, but the fact remains is that they were so joyous and happy and, and the hatred, the extreme hatred that they have for Americans. I've seen documentaries where how they raise their kids Oh my word, it's the sickest thing you've ever seen. I mean, it's so terrible what they do to children. I mean, they literally, they literally, uh, breed and, and, and inject hatred into them, literally from the womb. I mean, I've even seen them say, you know, guys, the, the Muslim guys will go up to the, to the woman and, and talk to the baby in the mother's belly and, and just start injecting hatred and hatred and hatred and, and, and the, the cartoons, the way that they're bred for that, how they encourage them to be martyrs and to kill the Jews and to kill the infidels and, and, and they brought, they're brought up being taught that America is the great Satan and, I mean, I've seen them, um, Ahmadinejad, when he's made speeches and, you know, death to America, uh, America's the great Satan, may they all die. I mean, you have to understand their hatred for us is, is unlike anything you can probably comprehend unless you've actually seen it. And yes, we are to pray for them, and no, I don't want any of them to go to hell, but the fact remains is that we also need to know how much this cult hates us and is bent on destroying every last man, woman, child who they would consider as an infidel on the face of the planet. Our only, I mean, the Jews are just the first step for them. They mean, that's what they want for the Jews. They want total eradication, total annihilation. I mean, Yasser Arafat was very clear on that. All this stuff about peace talks and all this stuff about a Palestinian state, all of that is ultimately literally garbage because what they want is the total eradication and annihilation of modern Israel, all the Jews, and then we're next. That's what they want. So these are things that you should be praying about and um, you know, praying for these people as well. Uh, but if you don't know about it, you wouldn't even know to pray for it or about it. So again, this is why we, want, we don't want to be ignorant of Satan's devices lest he get an advantage of us. Next article is entitled, Does Islam Condone Child Rape and Murder? Okay, this is by News with Views from August 31st. This article is inspired by a shocking video I received of a young Muslim girl, 17 years old. Her name was Dua, and she was brutally murdered by a mob of peaceful Muslim men and women. See the video. Warning, if you have a weak stomach, don't watch it. I didn't watch it. I, I can't handle stuff like that. I mean, I'll be like messed up for like a week if I watch something like that. I mean, I'll be bawling. I mean, I, I'm about crying right now just even thinking about it. But, I mean, we're talking some really, really sick stuff. And this is just a little bit infinitesimal amount of video that's got on air. Can you imagine how many thousands and thousands and thousands of times this has been done? I mean, they, 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 it's a proven fact they mutilate the genitals of the little girls, too. They, 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 obviously, they have these child marriages that they arrange, like 50-year-old men with, you know, 
six-year-olds and, and nine-year-olds and three-year-olds and, I mean, all manner of... We're going to look at that right now. We're going to look at the fruit of Islam because Jesus Christ said in his words, by their fruit ye shall know them. So we're going to look at that fruit. We've already looked at some and uh, we're going to look at more. What had this girl done? Okay, this girl that was brutally murdered by a mob. Okay, I have the link to the video. I didn't watch it. I'll be honest, I didn't watch it. Um, oh, it's sad. The girl had rejected an older 15-something, 50-year-old-something man. Her parents had arranged for her to marry. What kind of stinking parents would arrange a marriage with a 50-year-old pervert to their little girl? You talk about without natural affection. That, like the Bible talks about that. That's a sign of the end times. People without natural affection. I cannot comprehend how demonically possessed, and I mean possessed, conscience seared with a hot iron, you would have to be to marry your little girl off to a 50-year-old man, and when she spurs his advances, you let her be brutally murdered and killed. I don't understand it. I can't comprehend that kind of evil. But I sure am going to expose it. So maybe, hopefully, this might be avoided for another little girl. That's why we expose evil. To hopefully prevent more of the same evil from happening in the future. Because if we do nothing, then it'll just perpetuate and continue. There was that, that quote, um, uh, I forget the, the, the man that quoted He says, the, the only thing that's necessary for evil to prosper is for good men to do nothing. And, and there's a lot of truth in that. Just sit back and do nothing. Oh, it's not my problem. I don't care. Man, I tell you, I, I, I read something like that and I make it my problem. It's terrible. Okay, so let me continue. By not wanting to be forcibly married off and date raped by some twisted old child molesting peaceful Muslim man, she had violated Sharia law. And her sentence was death by stoning. Without the formality of due process or a fair trial, of course. That seems real fair. That's real just. That's a real just religion there. Now, what does the Quran say? Well, women and property. What does the Quran say? This is from Maja, volume 3, number 198, page 157. It says, When one is given a woman, servant or cattle, one should seize its forehead and pray to Allah. So, they put servants cattle and women all in the same category and when one is given a woman or a servant or cattle you should seize its forehead and pray to Allah it's nothing more women are nothing more than a possession it's some kind of of and it's so inhumane the way the whole religion's set up I try to imagine the kind of people who com could commit such evil it's hard for me to even contemplate do they believe they they uh, are charged with a religious commandment to kill? Absolutely they are. Even innocents, including women and their families? Yes, they all are. Is it really a matter of fact if a daughter or a wife somehow brings embarrassment or shame through such egregious and heinous acts as being victims of gang rape that they should be killed for it? It seems to me that daughters and wives of Muslim men have no rights, no freedom, and are treated worse than the family goat. You know, I, I'm sorry, but I don't see here a, a lot of, of, of other women on mainstream news 
uh, the one lady Gabriel, standing up for other women. I'll stand up for them. Somebody needs to say something about this garbage. This is sickening. But it's part of the way they practice their religion. So it's guarded under the freedom of religion garbage set up through the UN and, and through a lot of other laws, Shahara law, that these countries sponsor. It's just, it's incomprehensible. In the Quran, it is a standard teaching to associate anyone who disproves of their beliefs as infidels, and the Quran requires infidels be killed. I can't tell you how many times I've quoted those verses on the Quran. It says, all infidels should die. Yeah, that's peaceful. That's a religion of peace, all right. Many Muslim men are polygamists and apparently gifted fornicators who long for the place called paradise, where they believe Allah's ultimate payout for killing innocent people is eternal sexual pleasure with 72 perpetual virgins and young boys with pearly white skin. Did you know about that? Uh, in Gilliam, uh, let's see here, Surah, this is from the Quran, Surah 5224. Like, that's like, when we read our Bible, like Luke 14.8 or something like that. Well, this is their Bible in the Quran. Surah 52.24 says, quote, Allah promises to supply young, diamond-sparkling, beautiful boys for some of the inhabitants of Islamic heavens. So, I guess you can be a bisexual, eternal fornicator in their version of paradise with your 72 perpetual virgins and also young boys with pearly white skin. I mean, it's based on pedophilia. The whole, the big carrot that I think Satan dangles out in front of these terrorists that that believe if they die in the service of Allah, killing infidels, that they believe they're going to be in paradise with these 72 perpetual virgins. I mean, it's, it's all about sex, fornication, pedophilia, perversion. That's what their whole religion's based on. That's the biggest carrot they've got. If you think about it, it's the biggest carrot they've got. Meaning, when I say carrot, I mean it's the biggest enticement they give. Oh. So, I'm not sure how many times a girl or a young boy can be deflowered in paradise and maintain their virginity, but in this uniquely Muslim fantasy world, it seems virginity is restored after each bout of intercourse. That's what they believe. This is their religion. I think this exemplifies the sheer stupidity of the Muslim religion. One might conclude that any organization that uses violence as a recruiting tool might be considered something other than a religious entity. Would a follower of Jesus Christ threaten violence if the faith, if their faith was rejected? I mean, can you imagine witnessing somebody? Well, I'm really sorry you accept Jesus Christ. I'm going to have to blow your head off or behead you. You wouldn't even think of that, but that's how the Muslims practice their religion. Let's just do some cross-comparison here. Uh, can you name any other religion where they teach their followers that folks who disagree should be beheaded or slaughtered? Well, there might be some other fringe cults out there, but there's none on the scale of the Muslim race that would threat, threaten that. Now, the Catholics did that, though, when they were in a majority position during the Inquisition. They killed millions and millions of Christians and other people that didn't, who they considered heretics or infidels or whatever. So I'm not just saying that they're the only religion capable of that. They're just the most overt, at least at the time, doing that. 
in America, and I suppose internationally, political and media folks will shy away from any public expression or negative comments about the Muslims out of fear. Uh, Dee just brought up a good point that every, basically everything that they're taught to do in that religion is, is contradictory, the exact polar opposite of, of most of what would be taught in the Bible. You know, and, and again, by their fruits you shall know them. You compare it to the Word of God, and I mean, it doesn't even remotely line up. And, and Taylor was asking me, she can't comprehend why these women are these, they can't get away. And, and I told her, I said, you know, the, these states are, these countries are absolutely, uh, particularly where, like in the Middle East, where you've got almost, you know, 90 to 100% compliance, where the whole population is of Muslim, you can't get away. You just can't get on a plane and get out of there. If they were to catch you, you know, you're going to be stoned or beheaded. You, it's not like you can just walk out of your house to the next town and expect to find some refuge. They don't exist over there. Or if they do, they're few and far between. And um, there was that movie that was made a long time ago. Uh, it's called Not Without My Child. It's Sally Fields. That was in it, and um, if you ever want to watch a show about the tear that a woman would go through, she ends up marrying some Muslim guy, and he kind of she she thinks he's something he's not because you know they can lie; it's okay as long as they do it in Allah's name. And he gets her over to um, this Middle Eastern country, and then she's trapped, and it's like this unbelievably horrific, horrific thing that she has to go through. Uh, and it, it, that show really drives the point home, what this religion's really like. So let's go further. Um, and let's see. Well, again, the last statement I made, in America, I suppose internationally, political and media folks shy away from any public expression or negative comments about Muslims out of fear. Well, the fear of man bringeth a snare. And if you don't say anything now and you don't stand up against evil, well, then that very same evil will ultimately end up overtaking you, or ultimately overtaking the culture which you live in, which is what they're trying to do right now. With And with the help of the New World Order, they're trying to make that come to pass much quicker. They want the illegal aliens in here bringing their paganism and their uh, depravity in here. Now, I'm not saying they're all bad. I'm saying, though, that a lot of them... Um, are criminals, flat-out criminals that come over here, and um, it's a proven fact when they when they catch these people. Uh, and then also, uh, what's actually coming over the, the southern borders in a lot of instances are these terrorist Muslims. They want them to come in here. They want them to take over. They want them to create crises. They want these things to happen because out of crises, the New World Order will bring its solution. So they've actually protected the Muslims in order for them to actually do the very things they're doing. Can you imagine protecting this wicked death cult? But that's exactly what the New World Order has done. They've given them a privileged status. They've done the same thing with illegal aliens. They've given them a privileged status because they want that evil in our country. They want, and I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for their souls. Okay, I'm not saying that. But I'm telling you, they're bringing in Evil. They're bringing in their cult religions. And um, we need to stand against it in prayer. Or in whatever other way the Lord would convict you to stand against it. Educating others. These types of things. So let's go further. Um, in America, in the American vernacular, that means they put out a hit on a person they dislike to be killed. Uh, Muslims continually threaten all detractors with what they refer to as a fatwa. 
Okay, so in other words, if you speak out against us, we'll kill you. You know what? My God's bigger than you. So I'm not going to sit up, sit down and shut up and not say anything about your death cult. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to expose it for what it is, and I'm going to make no apologies for it. That's how I feel about this whole thing. An example of how this affects news cycles is best observed on Fox News, where the Muslims own a percentage of the actual network. Fox News is partially owned by Saudi Prince Awid bin Talal. More importantly, nobody in the news world or in the American political machine will comment on what seems like an evil force of the Muslims driven evil force of Muslim-driven global terror because they are fearful of becoming a target. See, everybody's walking around fear of the Muslims. That's the biggest common denominator of why I see the Muslims have grown in the way that they have grown when they've had, when they should have been snuffed. I mean, honestly, we, we should not let somebody that holds terrorist viewpoints, these types of things, practices this type of death cult religion. I don't think we should let them in this country. I'm sorry. I mean, look at all the atrocities they've committed. I don't think we should let them in. It's ridiculous. Psalm 118 verse 6 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. That's the kind of verses we need to be dwelling on, not fear over the Muslim. Proverbs 29.25, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. What does that imply? Faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Okay, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 13.6 So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Deuteronomy 11.25 There shall no man be able to stand before you. For the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that ye shall tread upon, as he hath said unto you. God can do that. Do you realize when you're facing an enemy, and I know I know, we battle not against flesh and blood, we're not battling against Muslims per se, we're battling against the devils, the demons, the evil entities that are actually behind this death cult. Okay? So again, we need to never get our eyes off that as well. But... The Lord can protect you, but you have to have the faith to believe that he can. Joshua 10.8 says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear them not, for I have delivered them into thine hand. There shall not a man of them stand before thee. So again, I'm not saying, you know, go and slay people with the sword or anything, but I'm saying there is many, many instances in the Bible where God has protected his people. Okay, so I just don't believe this is something we need to be going around in abject fear about. Because, uh, you know, the fear of man bringeth a snare and... Um, and then the other verse that comes to mind is 1 John 4.18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So, and then also 2 Timothy 1.7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So again, these are other verses that really should be the kind of ones we want to be dwelling on. So, let's go further here. Uh, Americans need to pull their heads out of the deep, deep, dark recesses of politically correct stupidity and renounce Islam as a criminal conspiracy, a global crime syndicate disguised as a religion. I think that's one of the most accurate statements I've heard lately. I'm just sick of this politically correct garbage about this death cult. Should Islam be outlawed? Have we been duped into believing that Islam is a religion when it's not? 
should we make should we make it illegal? Should we make illegal any religion that promotes overthrowing of our republic, pedophilia, murder, rape, etc.? I mean, would we put up with that from a criminal? Okay, what? Okay, so well, oh, it's okay. I guess if the criminals all band together and form an organization and call it a religion, that's okay. We can't mess with them. But if you do any of these things individually, you're going to wind up in prison. You mutilate a little girl's genitals, you think you're going to wind up in prison? You commit pedophilia, you think you might wind up in prison? You blow people up, you threaten their lives, are you going to wind up in prison? But they don't wind up in prison. Neither do the illegal aliens. They're letting it all happen and it's all by design. Part of the New World Order agenda. But things that we should be praying about. Okay, uh, let's see here. Or any religion that champions violence against people for simply disagreeing. I think all Americans agree murder and terrorism are not a godly endeavor by any standard. Forcing people to accept a, quote, religion using death threats as a motivator is beyond wrong. Including elected officials and governmental employees who contone this craziness and perpetuate the lie that violent groups portraying themselves as religions are protected under our Constitution. I mean, you've got to draw the line somewhere. How many people they got to kill before, and how many little girls they have to maim? How many, how many um, little girls do they have to rape before we declare this religion unconstitutional? I'm just trying to throw out things that are, seem to me seem to me to be obvious questions that should be being asked. If Americans can't decide why I recommend completely outlawing Islam and the Muslim religion here at home, then watch that stoning video a few more times. I didn't watch it once. I didn't need to watch it. I've seen enough of that kind of stuff. Uh, it showed that, that, that other one that, that goes around where they're running over that little kid's um, arm. Have you seen that one? Where he stole some bread from a market and they're running. And I mean, it's all the, the guys and they got the microphone and the little kid's right there and, and, and it's running over his arm and he'll never have use of it again. I mean, the, the little guy's like four or five years old, I think. I mean, it's sickening. It is so sickening what they do. How they bring their children up. What they do to them. And yet they all do it in the name of the moon god. The god of peace, Allah. Yeah, right. It's just like, you know, it's just a satanic death cult is all it is. It appears to me Islam is a plain global conspiracy to destroy Christians and Jews and all the people considered infidels by Islam. Well, that's their goal. I'm not saying it's going to happen from a biblical standpoint. But you know if they had it their way, that's what would happen. There will only be Islams on the planet, and um, what a what a happy world that would be, you know? Okay, here's the next article. I'm not letting up on this. Ayatollah Khomeini sexually assaulting a crying, screaming four-year-old girl with parental consent. Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about next. The good old Ayatollah Khomeini, the supreme leader of Iran, the grand... The Shia Grand Ayatollah from 1979 to 1989 said in his official statements, quote, a man can marry a girl younger than nine years of age even if the girl is still a baby being breastfed. I'm quoting from him. A man, however, is prohibited from having intercourse with a girl younger than nine. Other sexual acts, though, such as foreplay, rubbing, kissing, and sodomy is allowed. To a baby! A man having intercourse with a girl younger than nine years of age has not committed a crime, but only an infraction. This is a direct quote. If the girl is not permanently damaged... 
So if you have sex with a girl younger than nine, vaginal sex, you, you can have sodomy with her. You can have sodomy with a baby. That's what he said. That's okay. But if you actually, you know, penetrate her vaginally, that's not crime. It's only infraction unless the girl's permanently damaged, then, then it is. If the girl, however, is permanently damaged, the man must provide for her all the rest of her life. But this girl will not count as one of the man's four permanent wives, though. This is a quote. This was this guy was one of the main, main, main guys that shaped modern-day Islam. And I'm going to prove that in a second. And then it says, and then he ends this quote by saying, he also is not permitted to marry the girl's sister. Oh, you can't marry the girl's sister. You see why I'm exposing this? I'm going to expose this. I mean, (laughs) oh man, I just, it's just incomprehensible what we're getting into today. In the Muslim world abroad, Khomeini was described as the virtual face in Western popular culture in Islam. I'm getting this right from Wikipedia right now. So he was, Khomeini was described as the virtual face in Western popular culture of Islam. If you go up to YouTube right now, you could see a video and it's called The Children of Khomeini. He's got a whole race of Muslims that have patterned their life after him. This devil. And we haven't even heard the video yet that I'm going to play. So, he was the virtual face of Western popular culture in Islam, known for his support of the hostage takers during the Iranian hostage crisis, and his fatwa calling for the death of British British citizen Salman Rushdie. Khomeini has been referred to as, quote, the charismatic leader of, of immense popularity, considered a champion of the Islamic revival by Shia scholars. So, that which is... Um, that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. I don't know if there's ever a better Bible verse built for this devil. Now, let's go ahead now, and we're going to... What I'm going to do is I'm going to play a clip from an Islamic guy kind of exposing what Khomeini did. He was a first-hand witness. Wait till we hear this. I'm going to be translating for you all along the way. I'm going to be reading to you the English of what is being said. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and just play a clip. Now, you're not going to be able to understand what this guy's saying. I'm going to, um, I'm basically going to just turn it on so you hear the guy, then I'm going to turn it down, and I'm going to read from the transcript of what's being translated from what he's saying. Now, this is a Muslim guy, again, exposing Khomeini, kind of exposing him. So, let's go ahead, I'm just going to go ahead and start this. Okay, so the first thing he says is when Imam Khomeini stayed in Iraq. Now, I'm going to go ahead and turn this down because if I've let it play in the background and I'm trying to talk, you're not going to be able to hear the difference here. So I'm going to go ahead and mute this I'm going to, and I'm just going to read it. It's only about a three-minute uh, three video. We would regularly come and visit regularly to learn from him. Now, this is a guy that had first-hand experience with Khomeini. And with our time, our bond would go stronger. He once received an invitation from the city of Talafar, around one and a half hours west of Mosul by car. He asked us to come along, and we did. 
Now, I believe what's what's happening here, this guy is a big-time Muslim that's talking here, okay? This isn't like some Christian guy exposing Khomeini. This is a guy, the full beard, the full, you know, uh, uh, headdress, and there's another guy there, and I think these guys are imams. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're religious leaders in Islam. Okay, so that's who we're talking about here. And this is, I believe this guy is relating this from when he was a child or a young boy. So let's go further. They were very generous during our stay with the Shiite hosts. In other words, Khomeini was very generous. They made agreements about the propagation of Shia Islam. They insisted on a photo before we left to remind them of our visit. Afterwards, we headed home. As we passed Baghdad on the way, Imam Khomeini suggested we take a rest. And he directed us to a place called Utalafia. An Iranian man called Sayyid Salib lived there. He and the Imam were good friends. Sayyid Salib was happy about our surprise visit. We arrived around noon and he made us a very nice meal. He contacted some relatives who showed up shortly thereafter. Okay, so, so far, do you understand what's going on here? They, they're with Ayatollah Khomeini. They're traveling with him. All of a sudden, he says, hey, let's make this detour in Baghdad. Salib Sahib, or whatever, this guy says, okay, yeah, great. I, I got, I'm so happy you're here. Comes in, um, and then it goes on to say, and soon his house was filled with welcoming guests for the Ayatollah. Saeed Sahib asked us to stay for the night. Khomeini agreed. We had another meal in the evening. And the visitors kissed the hand of the imam. They asked him questions and he answered. And when it was time to go to bed, and when it was... Everybody had to leave the house except the family that was living there. Khomeini saw a little girl about four or five years old. She was very beautiful. And the imam asked her father, Saib Sahib, if he could have her for a temporary marriage for the night, her father happily agreed. The imam spent the night with the little girl in his custody, and we heard how she was screaming and crying all through the night. A four-year-old girl with this old man, brutally sleeping with her. Oh, gosh. This guy's such a wicked devil. He goes on to say he was sleeping with her from the front as well as from the back. <laughs> Even while she screams and cries. There's still no mercy in his heart. And when morning came, we had our breakfast. He looked at me and saw rejection in my eyes. This is the guy that was there and saw it, who is an imam today. Okay, we're not talking about some maybe hearsay Christian. This was a guy that saw this was in the house. He said, I, I guess um, he said to him, how could he have a temporary marriage with this little girl? I guess what Ayatollah said to him. Uh, then it goes on to say, when more grown-up girls were around the house. In other words, Ayatollah could have picked a more grown-up girl, but he picked a four-year-old. He could have had a temporary marriage with one of them. 
temporary marriages, just so you know, are legal in Islam. This is another thing they do. They'll have they'll have sex with somebody they want to have sex with, like a little girl or whatever, and they call it a temporary marriage. And that way, there's no repercussions, and it's all under Allah's sanction. Khomeini then said to me, Saeed Hussein, which is the guy talking right now, what do you think about a temporary marriage to a little child? I answered, Saeed, my answer is your answer. Your action is the right one. You are the imam. You can make the verdict. So in other words, he just basically, it doesn't matter. I'm going to cow down to this guy. He can call himself the greatest religious leader of all time. And I just, I can't say anything against him because he's an imam. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man and make it flesh his arm and whose heart departed from the Lord. That's what I say to that, that statement. And so this guy's placating this Ayatollah who just raped a four-year-old, screaming all through the night, sodomizing her and, and you brutally doing whatever stuff to her in every way, shape, and form. But it's okay. It's all sanctioned under Allah. Going further, it's, it is not possible for someone like me to differ from your opinion, he said to him. I could obviously not criticize him at this time. He said, Sayyid Hussein, the temporary marriage with her is allowed, but only grabbing, kissing, and sex between the thighs. Only that? It is not allowed to have intercourse with a wife before she is nine years old. But in a permanent marriage or temporary marriage, when it comes to other pleasures such as petting, hugging, and sex between the thighs... It is no problem, even if she is still a baby. Oh, sick devils. Beyond sickening. That's the end of the video. A baby. So, if you weren't convinced that Islam has got to be one of the most evil, wicked, perverse, foul abominations on the planet... I don't know what else I could give you to convince you of that. I also give you my two teachings, or actually my teaching is called Islam, Islamic Religion Exposed. Uh, I'll give you those if you want to hear that. It's a, kind of an older one. Uh, I'm going to just go over one real thing here. We'll go to part two. Along these lines, there is another um, series out there called The Arrivals. Very, very popular up on YouTube. It's called the Wake Up Project, or the Arrivals. This is nothing more than Islamic deception. They have the audacity to quote me on one of their videos. They, you'll hear my voice on one of their videos. I think it's video 28. Yeah, it's video 28. They quote me. You'll hear my sound clip. Because there's a lot of truth in their videos. They're exposing the New World Order. But what do they always lead you to? The Quran. That's what they lead you to every time. Um, a guy, uh, Teresa emailed me and asked me, she says, Hi, I'm asking if you have any knowledge about a website called thewakeupproject.com and if you've watched any of the DVDs called The Arrivals. I mean, there's a ton of them. There's like, I don't know how many, like 30 or 40 of these 10-minute video clips. She says, please guide me. I have very little knowledge in the Quran. Part 48 um, in the... Uh, in this series is truth or deception. I'm sure they're talking about the Bible compared to the Quran. She said, take care, Teresa. My response, my response is these are Muslims trying to brainwash Christians. This is leavened poison. Unfortunately, 
they even play a quote from me in one of their videos. They try to lump all true Christians in with the Catholics, which is what all these apostate death cults try to do to demonize true Christianity. They do it over and over. Zeitgeist does it. Uh, people that are involved in the New Age, people that, that want to attack Christianity, they always lump true, born-again, Bible-believing Christians in with the Catholics who have committed unbelievably heinous atrocities over the last you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. Just look at the Inquisition. We're all included in them, even though they were slaughtering true Bible-born-again born again, Bible-believing Christians. We get lumped in with them. Isn't that convenient for them? Sure is. So let's go further. Uh, then I say this is a whole section of their site devoted to attacking the deity of Jesus Christ and the word of God. And I, I give her the link for it. So stay away from those videos. They're very prevalent, and there's a lot of them up there um, on the uh, on the internet. Okay, I'm going to end part one here. I went a little bit over. Sorry about that. And we'll go to part two next.